Hello, I'm Scott Millis, senior pastor here at Living Word Family Church, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope that today's message encourages you and equips you in your walk with Christ. Here's today's message. You know, God is doing marvelous things all the time. And uh, how many of you heard about Ashbury uh, Revival? You know, that's going on in, down in Kentucky. And, and uh, we always talk about revival, and we pray about revival on, in our prayer meetings and, and things. But how many of you know God is not... <laughs> not caught up by just one place, starting to break out other places. And some say, well, that's an evangelical revival. That's an evangelical college. Well, he's not, he's not limited. He's, they're Christians. He's looking for people that are hungry and thirsty for, for his presence and his move of his spirit. Amen? Amen. And you say, well, uh, why, you know, I've, we've talked about this a little bit. Uh, it seems to be down there, it seems to be um, uh, a lot of praise and worship and kind of a quiet repentance where people are repenting. What's wrong with that? Because really, revival begins with repentance. <laughs> it does. And it was somebody that's hungry for the presence of God. But if he, if he did things here like he did last week, and, and if we consider ourselves a full gospel or a, a, a charismatic type of church, it's going gonna, it's gonna to look a little different. But it's the same God. Amen? And we ought to know that. Just because, listen, he wants to move in his people. And today, I was just, I was, uh, Pastor Scott let me know last night he might not be here. So I have three messages today. and We'll be out of here by 1230. So if we're having a meet and greet. No, actually, it'll go quicker than that. But we need to be desperate for revival. Every one of us. Because this world is in a mess. You know, it's in a mess. And we're, the church is to be the light. <laughs> we talked about that. Uh, Chris just came up. She says, every place I'm hearing, Pastor uh, Scott talked about it last week. Pam talked about it. Uh, she's hearing uh, preachers talk about it, that, uh, about the light needs to overcome the darkness. Well, the light comes out of the church because the church has the power of the Holy Spirit and the light. Amen? And we're supposed to be what? Salt and light in this day and this hour. So... If we're to have revival, we, we need to seek after God. I don't know if, uh, how many of you saw any uh, little things on, on, on the as, 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 Asbury, <laughs> get it out, Mike, <laughs> revival uh, on YouTube. You can go on there, and, and they live stream that too. But uh, I was so uh, tickled with a young man. I watched it a couple days ago, and he, he's, I think he looks to be 22, 23 years old maybe. And, and, uh, and so he's, they drove six and a half hours to get there. And uh, he says, you need to find, you can find this on, they're interviewing him. And he drove six and a half hours to get there. And he says, my, my uh, car mates weren't very good. They all slept on me and I had to drive. So he, they'd been up a long time, but he got there and they'd, he'd been asking God when he heard about the revival. He says, what is revival? See, a lot of people don't know what revival is because it doesn't happen all the time. It's just like what our sister said, you know. We used to fill the altars. That used to be commonplace. Amen? We can get out of doing those things. We can become sedentary <laughs> in, in the church where we don't want to do anything, you know, and don't want to flow with the Spirit. And really, God wants us to flow with Him. 
And so anyway, this young man was talking about it. He says, God, what's revival? What's revival look like? And so he says, well, I came down here and he said, uh, I walked in and they were all, uh, it was kind of quiet. The praise music was going on and there was people standing. And he says, is this revival? And he said, he said I just sensed to go to the altar. So, and so he said, I went down to the altar and, and he said, the Lord spoke to him. He said, look to the left. And he said, I looked to the left and there was, there was an older lady praying for a young student. And he said, now look to the right. And he looked to the right and he said, and there was a, 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 a young student praying for an older man. Now he said, look to the back. And he said, people are holding their hands up. And he says, is this revival? And he says, and he says, and then the joy was so great. I mean, he got real exuberant. I mean, just almost out of control. And he began to say, the joy, the joy, the joy is there, you know, is here. And, he, and so he, but see, that's what the presence of God will do. We don't need to travel necessarily to Kentucky unless the Holy Spirit says, go down to Kentucky, right? But you can have that same joy. You can have that same experience right here every day. Amen? Amen. It, doesn't, it isn't dependent on, dependent on a church service, although we love church services that show the manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit, but it can happen wherever you're at. Amen? When you draw nigh to him, he said what? I'll draw nigh to you. I'll draw close to you. So, but we all should have that, uh, that the desire to see God move mightily. Because what it does, it changes hearts. Listen, you can have all kinds of uh, manifestations of things in a service, but if you go out and your heart hasn't been changed, what good was it? Because revival is really about your heart. Amen? Amen. So that's why we sometimes need to take time to allow the presence of God to fill our hearts and speak to us because that's what he wants to do at all times. Now, there was a church in Revelation called the Sardis Church, and they had a reputation of being alive, yet they were dead. We don't want to be dead. You know, if you go back and read the history of, of churches and, and denominations, isn't it amazing that some of the churches that we one time were on fire for God now are allowing ungodly things to happen in their churches, right? And, and, and some of them would probably have to put Ichabod over their door. The presence of God has departed. We don't want that. But you know, they were common people just like we were. They started out on fire. They started out with an excitement for, and zeal for God. And then tradition and other things moved in. And God kind of moved out. We don't want that. So we have to stir ourselves at an our, ongoing basis all the time to say, God, <laughs> fill my heart. Change my heart. Amen? And listen, the churches, we have to be careful that we don't become judgmental against everybody else. We have to say, Lord, search me. Search my heart. What am I doing? Now, can, uh, complacency can, uh, can fall into the church real easy if we're not careful. We can forget what, what he used to do. Amen? If you can bring into remembrance, we talked about this one, one night on prayer not recently. If you bring into remembrance what he has done, he can do it again. Lord, I remember the time you healed my body. I remember the time somebody ran the aisle. <laughs> I remember the time Merle ran around the church. 
You say, well, why did Merle run around to church? Because he sensed the presence of God. He just picked up his feet and ran. Well, that's weird. I would never do that. Well, you might, or you should. Amen. I'm not saying everybody get up and run now. But you see, we're, 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 to, we're to overcome with the presence of God. We're, we do things. We've had revivals in this church over the years where the Spirit of God has moved mightily, seen some remarkable things. We don't want it to stop. We want it to increase. Because how can you give away what you don't have? Amen? You want to go out and pray for your, uh, your friends or your uh, loved ones and other people to get saved, and you can't give anything away because you don't have anything. So we stir ourselves to, to, for the presence of God because when you get in the presence of God, you, He will give you things to say at the right time. You know, isn't it amazing? One of the greatest things to do is be able to say the right thing at the right time. Yeah. Amen? We can't do that on your own. You've got to have the presence of God. Amen? Amen. Now, um, there's, a, there's a passage in 2 Timothy, and we won't read it, the whole thing, but it talks about, Paul talks about, in the last days, there will be perilous times, Right? And he talks about all the things that would happen in the last days, in which they're happening now. All you got to do is look around. We're not to be afraid. But in, one, in, in verse 5, he says, those that have a form of godliness but deny the power. You know, we can deny the power of God. We can, we can he said, and he says, and for such people turn away. In other words, don't get hooked up with the world so much that when you come into church, you're bringing in the world too. We want to be free from that. Amen? Amen. Goes on to say, revival's greatest op opposers will be religious people who refuse to repent. You ever thought about that? Who, who Jesus had the most trouble with were the religious people, weren't they? Were, weren't, wasn't it? It was always the religious people. So we have to know that when John the Baptist over in Matthew, I'm going to speed it up here because we, we will be done by 11 o'clock. I will cut it off. Um, <laughs> I like my job. No, uh, but Matthew, John the Baptist was, said what? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We find Jesus doing the very same thing. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, right? All throughout Scripture, it talks about that. Repentance to change or to turn one's mind uh, to turn one's life over. And now their negative turn away from sin. Amen? That's what we do. We repent. We turn around. We change the direction we're going. And uh, it's more than sorrow. It's more than saying, I'm sorry. Amen? It's a turning around and going the opposite way. That's what we need to do. Changing up one's mind. Turning in one's life. Uh, where there is no, uh, now what this says in, in uh, Pro, uh, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen it says this, where there is no prophetic revelation, the people cast off restraints. When you don't have the presence of God in your life, when you're not seeking hard after God, you can, listen, can you imagine what you can do? All you got to do is look around today. There's some most ungodly, crazy things going on. And listen, my friends, if you don't know about demons, it's demonic what's going on in our nation. I said it's demonic. And we have to have the power of God to, to speak into those things sometimes. Maybe in your own life, your own family, around you. Amen? We got to know that it's not, we're not fighting, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We really aren't. 
But we are wrestling against demonic forces of um, uh, powers on high. But thank God we have authority over those things. And the church needs to uh, step up. Amen? Amen. Each one of us needs to step up. But you can't go out and, and try to take on the devil without the presence of the Holy Spirit. It does not work. You know the, the story of the seven sons of Sceva when they tried to cast the devil out, you know, and, 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 they, and the devil asked, said, who are you? Paul we know, Jesus we know, but who are you? Amen? We need to know the one that gives us the authority to, to tread on serpents and scorpions and all the things, and nothing by the, anything by any means shall hurt or harm us. Amen? We need to know that today. We need to revive that in our life today. Amen. Doesn't need to be, well, we used to do it, but now we don't do it anymore. No. Praise God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I can have as much of him as I want. Amen. He has an unlimited supply of his presence. That's what we're to seek for. Don't get, don't get settled in and say, that, I've got enough. I'm going to heaven. How about taking a whole bunch of people with you? How about setting some people free? That's what we've been praying about. This is, this is not coincidence that we see uh, 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 last week here with the move of the Spirit and Pastor Scott. This is what we're praying for. We're praying for this every week in all, both of our prayer meetings. Amen? We need to know God. God's wanting to do a mighty thing here. Right here. Amen? Road to revival begins with what? Heartfelt admission of poverty. God, I need you. Amen? I need you every day, every minute of every day. Contrition, fasting and prayer, pursuing God. Amen? Purging some things out of our life. Repentance means spiritual revelation and revolution. Amen? Praise the Lord. Repentance sets prisoners free. It will. But we see this all, and, and Frank Bartleman, who was, I think he was part of the Azusa Street, he said, without repentance there can be no revival, for the, the depth of any revival will be determined exactly by the spirit of repentance that is obtained. Lord, forgive me. Get your heart right. Amen? He wants to live in your heart. He wants to fill your heart to overflow. He wants you to go further than you've ever been before with him. Amen? And don't think little of yourself. Think how you can be with the presence of God in your life. Amen? Repentance prepares the way of the Lord. By what? By humbling the proud. By exposing man-made religion. By removing the, pre the presence of willful and uh, chronic sin. Gets the sin out. <laughs> you know? It's what's the, uh, what's the, what, the commercial? What, we got, you, uh, you got dirty clothes? You just shout it out or whatever it is. Is that what it is? Well, you get the sin out, and then they, you get cleaned up, and then God can use you mightily. Listen, people don't want to hear what you've got to say if you're not living it. A lot of people can talk. How are you living? That's what repentance does. It gets you in a course where not only will you do what's right and say what's right on Sunday, but you'll live that way through Sunday through Saturday and the next, you know, and people will see it. They want you, 
God wants you to be who you are, but living for him. Amen? And we can all do that. You say, well, I have a past. I did this. Forgetting those things that lie behind. I press forward to the mark of the high calling which, and the prize which is in Christ Jesus. That should be our goal all the time. God, am I, am I living the kind of life that you would have me to live? Or am I just kind of skating through life and getting, barely getting by? There's going to be a, 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 a judgment day. <laughs> There's going to be a standing before Jesus. Boy, I, I, it's got to be kind of fearful if you don't recognize that, hey, he's going to be speaking to you. What have you done? How did you live the life? I had so much more for you to do, and you just kind of went your own way. Everybody has their own opinions, don't we? And it's always highly thought of by us. Don't we think that way? You ever sit around with about six or seven people, sometimes guys, sometimes ladies, and everybody's like, I want to talk, I want to talk, I want to talk. I'm kind of guilty of that myself. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Because we all have something to say. We want to say what we think about every situation. And what we need to be talking about is the goodness of God and what he's doing. Not all this woke stuff, all this carrying out. Yeah, we can speak to it, but we have to know who, who we're fighting. Amen? We need to speak about his goodness and what he's done for us and how good he is and he can save you and set you apart. Amen? How many, how many of you know you can get your testimony out pretty quick? <laughs> I just did a, a funeral... You know, I said this before, and I've probably done, I don't know how many funerals now. And I have to admit, it's not my favorite thing to do. I know Jeff's back there. Did you like doing funerals, Jeff? Of course not, he says. But you know what? It's always an opportunity to get the gospel out. Always. And sometimes you have to do things that aren't really the most fun thing to do. But I was, last week I did a funeral from a guy that, I worked the railroad with his wife died, and I, they don't go to school, uh, church. They don't go to school, probably not if they're that old. But uh, did his parents, and, and yet I was able to talk. His son came up afterwards and said, he said to me, he said, uh, you used to work with my dad, right? And I said, yeah, for a lot of years. And I said, we got to talking about why I quit and so forth. And I got, you know, I said, I gave my heart to Christ in an old hotel room. Central Illinois. He says, well, you must have found something better, huh? I said, absolutely. I said, it changed my life. I said, you know, it can change your life. And and he talked, we talked about that a little bit. He was there back getting, but had that opportunity to share that on top of what I had shared at the funeral about, because I I tell people this, listen, if you want, if you ask me to do somebody's funeral and you don't want to hear the gospel, go find somebody else because I will not do it. That might be the only time that somebody will hear. Not everybody's going to be pleased, but there might be one person. Amen? Amen. I don't know why I got off on all that. Listen, I, I just want to tell you a little bit about revivals, and we'll, then we'll close. Um, in 1904, in Wales, well, let's go back even further. Let's go back to when um, this is... Um, Back when Wesley, or before Wesley, it was Woodfield, and, and uh, there was revival, uh, awakening, actually, in the, the 1700s. 
and then again in the 1800s, and again in the 1900s. <laughs> so we're looking for another one, amen? But there's been revivals. In 1904 in Wales, while preparing himself for the ministry, 26-year-old coal miner heard an evangelist pray, Lord, do this and this and this and etc. and bend us. The words bend us became etched in his mind soon after he became consumed. He said he fell on his knees with his arms open, uh, arms over his seat in front of him and bathed in perspiration and tearing. Uh, for about two minutes, it was terrible. I cried out, bend me, bend me, mend me, what it was meant to be. Well, this young man was Evan Roberts. And Evan Roberts continued to pray, bend the church, save the world. In less than six months, 100,000 people were saved. Along about that same time, uh, we know in 1906, there was the Azusa Street Revival. How many of you know the Azusa Street Revival? It was a real Pentecostal revival, wasn't it? They came from all over the world to, to Los Angeles, California, and a little old feed store. <laughs> and uh, with a one-eyed black man was kind of orchestrating things. And William Seymour. And he had gotten filled with the Holy Ghost and went there. And people would come and be healed and delivered and set free. And there'd be people from, and you know that people, I've read uh, stories about that. And I've read, I saw little testimonies with people that were there as young kids that went on and served God all of their life. See, it changed their heart. That's what revivals do. Amen. Evan Roberts had that vision of hell, which caused him to cry out to God. It's time for revival. A revival is, is sudden and spontaneous, just like what's happened at Ashbury. They weren't, they weren't, they just had, were having a, a weekly service, or a, actually it was every three days or something like that. They were having their chapel service, and all of a sudden it breaks out. Amen? Amen. God, God's wanting to do that. A true revival can really be uncontrollable in, 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 a, in a sense. We don't try to control it. Uh, let me read a couple more about, when, about revivals. From 1740, here it is, I want to read that. From 1740 to 1745, 300,000 souls were added to the kingdom. That was a, a group, there was only 2 million people in American colonies at the time. It's a pretty good percentage, isn't it? Before the revival, young people caroused and partied all night. In the height of this time of awakening, which had been greatly aided by the ministry of George Whitfield from England, and had reached the American Indians to the prevailing prayer of David Brainerd. Uh, even David, Benjamin Franklin could say that it seems if all the world were growing religious so that one could not walk through the town in the evening without hearing psalms sung in different families of every street. Wow. Will you not revive us again, O oh Lord? Will you not... Fill our hearts. In 1801, Cane Ridge Revival on the Western Frontier, an, ast an astounding 20,000 people from the sparsely populated front regions had gathered together for a six-day special outdoor camp meeting. The crowds were uh, uh, addressed by many different preachers for the varying denominations, using fallen logs and uh, using fallen logs and like for their pulpit. Here are some of the eyewitnesses, and they went on to say, and there were 20,000 people born again. In 1857, in New York City, it was here that the great 
prayer revival took root, which Merle has kind of instituted in Danville, where we go to every Wednesday at noon. Aren't very many people there, but that doesn't make any difference. A few people can turn a nation. The churches at the time were becoming worldly and internalized and immoral, immorally violent crime, spiritualism, corruption, and atheism were on the rise. It says, does this sound familiar? I think it does. Uh, Jeremiah Lampier, a retired businessman, became, uh, became mission, become a missionary, acting in obedience to the Spirit's prompting, became, began to prom, uh, promote a weekly lunch hour prayer meeting for revival. Only six attended the first meeting and 20 the second. But within seven months, tens of thousands were praying seven days a week. Now, this is in America. This is in New York City, where people are trying to escape as fast as they can. Could it happen again? I believe it can. Amen? They prayed around the clock. The revival spread from city to city, jumping from across the ocean to England, Ireland, and Wales, and, and shaped the history of our nation. From 1857 to 1858, in America alone, over, over 1 million non-church members were born again, in addition to about 1 million formerly unsaved church members. Imagine you go to church and be unsaved. I'm sure you can. But you'll have an opportunity to change that this morning if you cho choose. At the height of the revival, there were over 50,000 new births a week. As a result of this revival hitting Chicago, the 40-year ministry of D.L. Moody was born, and within a decade, slavery was legally abolished. Revival can change a nation. In 19, and, of course, I talked about 1906, Azusa Street. And in the 1940s, there was a healing revival. In 1970s, there was the Asbury Revival. Did you know, if you look at the pictures, it was just about looks the same. They were in that same chapel, in the same place, raising their hands. And along about that same time, as we will see on Saturday, if you're going to the movie, the Jesus movement took off. And then the charismatic movement took off. God is faithful. But we have to do certain things. We have to do certain things. I'm going to read one last couple of scriptures, and then we'll, we'll close. But here's, here's what... I always go back to this scripture in 2 Chronicles. And you know this scripture because you've probably read it before. 2 Chronicles 7.14. This is what God said in the Old Testament. Imagine, imagine that. He was going to cure or heal their land if they would do certain things, though, right? But it says this. Uh, it would help if I get in second, right? 2 Chronicles. Here it is. If my people, now who is he talking to? He's talking to the church. He's talking to the body of Christ today. If my people, who are called by my name, will what? Humble themselves. You know, I've heard people say, God, humble me, humble me. You know, God's not going to humble you. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. Amen? We humble ourselves. We come to him. If he, if he were to humble, if he were to do that for, uh, the, the whole world would be saved if he had his way. He gave, the, he gave the remedy. He gave Jesus, but everybody isn't saved. It, we have to do something, right? We'll humble themselves and pray. And what? And pray. Lord, send revival. 
Send the move of God to Living Word Family Church. We've been praying for the backslider. We've been praying for the lost loved ones. Amen? Do you expect to see them? I do. I do. Let this place be filled. It, these seats weren't up there just because some people got together, and my wife being one of them, which she said, I'll never do that again, make those, put those seats together. But they're for a reason. Amen? God didn't instruct us to do those things, have a balcony and, and uh, you know, and have all that stuff up there without knowing it could be filled and should be filled. Amen? Amen. We need to think that way. And pray, and what? Seek my face. God, I want to know you. I want to know your presence. I want you in my life. You know, isn't it amazing? We, we aren't perfect people. He's not looking... For perfect people, he's looking for those that have a heart that's humble and willing and, and perfect towards him. Amen? Amen. And pray. That's a novel idea. Well, I don't pray very well. You, he's not asking you to be, you know, um, super prayer. He's asking you just to share your heart and say, God, show, show us your way. And seek my face and turn from what? Our wicked ways. That's what turning and revival and turning from repenting is about is turning from the things we do that are going to steal our time from him you know you can have you can be doing things that really what the world would say oh, that's not bad but steal your time from him get you off course I mean even though you can get off course pretty easy how many ever go work out once in a while and you get in halfway decent shape then you quit for a while guess what it's hard again you got to keep it up it's the same thing with our spiritual walk. We've got to keep walking. We've got to keep going. We've got to keep going forward. Amen? Amen. Because that's what he wants us to do. It goes on to say, and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Wow. Let your light shine that might, men might see your good works and glorify their Father in heaven. Isn't that a... Isn't that novel idea? <laughs> this was written so many thousands of years ago, and he's still telling us today. Amen? Amen. Amen. Stand up with me, if you will, please. I went over a few minutes. I didn't. If you're headed to the restaurant, you'll still be there for all the other churches. Praise the Lord. But I said that earlier. If you haven't received Jesus Christ, don't let this day go by. You know, really, no man's promised tomorrow. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. Are you right with God now? That's the most important thing. Are you right with him? Amen? If you have never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, this would be your day. Just as I remembered the time it happened with me. Oh, it wasn't in a big, nice church service, even though I'd been to many church services over my life. I was raised in a Christian family. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean you're saved. There are no grandchildren in, in the kingdom. There's just children in, in an old hotel room. Well, you get to do it in a nice church. Amen? Amen. So if you haven't received Jesus Christ, I'm going to pray this prayer, and I would suggest to you, don't put off tomorrow what you need to do today. Amen? Amen. So, Father, if there's anyone in the sound of my voice has never received you, your son, Jesus, let it be today. Let it be the day that they, they say, Lord, come into my life. I'm a sinner. I repent, and I ask you to come. 
in Jesus' name. If that's you this morning, don't hesitate. As they play, come on down and do the, make the greatest decision you've ever made in your life. <laughs> that will change your life. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you enjoyed today's message, consider sharing it with a friend. For more content and information about Living Word, check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. And remember to live the gospel and preach the gospel.